0: This week on your favorite soap opera. It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll on today's show the revolution continues no I'm not talking about the show that shall not be named that was on ABC for what about five seconds I'm talking about the soap revolution which I guess is sort of ironic if you think about it because about two years ago everywhere you turned everybody was talking about the death of the soap opera And now here we are today, and what a difference a couple of years makes. All four soaps that are currently on broadcast TV are having banner years. Total viewership is up this year compared to last year by hundreds of thousands of viewers, so that's definitely a good thing. And of course, all my children of one life to live are back in production, and they're going to be coming back to us sometime this spring. We don't have an exact date, but we'll try to narrow it down for you as we get closer to the launch date. Coming up later in the show, though, I'm going to have some inside information on the return of these two beloved soaps. And I can tell you about the day that I spent with the cast of All My Children and One Life to Live. Stay tuned for some great information coming up there. Also coming up later in the first half of this week's show, the wonderful Danielle Parker Will join us. She is, of course, known as All My Children's Emma Lavery. She's going to be sharing some of the favorite memories that she has from being in Pine Valley. But up first, when you are talking about Making fan centric content available to every soap fan. You can't help but think of the leaders in the area, and that's the folks at Payos Revolution. Back in January, we learned some of the things that are being planned by Payos Revolution, and today we've got some more exciting details of what you can expect and when you can expect them because they're taking a huge leap forward coming up here in March. Jeff Dockweiler, one of the partners in Payos Revolution and a former on-set acting coach at All My Children, is back today to chat with us. Doc, I'm so glad that you took me up on my offer to come back and chat.
2: Thank you very much for having me and having all of us. We're uh, we're looking forward to a fun hour.
1: Well, definitely, because we're starting off with great news. As I mentioned, of course, it was a big week. All My Children is back in production, and there are so many people who said that it was never going to happen.
2: Right, right. Well, and you know, it's funny. I, we, you were saying the intro. I was getting excited because I remember the first uh, podcast interview we did with someone else. Uh, Jordy and I and John all talked about the fact that these 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 shows are not going to die. They're going to change in the form that we see them, but they're not going to die. They will come back. And I think it was like two weeks after that that Prospect Park uh, announced the reboot. So they made us seem somewhat clairvoyant, which was really great. But also, it's just something we knew. The fan base is so strong and so excited about their shows and have been for so long, it's part of their lives. And uh, and we're happy to be a part of helping bring it back and keep it around where it should be, you know, up front and foremost.
1: I think one of the important things that I feel to be able to do for the fans here on Soap Central Live and, of course, on SoapCentral.com is to be able to get them information about their shows that they may not otherwise have been able to obtain from other places. It's not just about recaps and and giving them previews about what's coming up on the shows, but also going sort of inside the shows. And that's one of the things that I want to sort of hone in with you is that I think a lot of fans who are listening might not understand what the role of an on-set acting coach is. Can you talk a little bit about what the responsibilities were that you had during your time with All My Children?
2: I'd be happy to. I mean, the the, the whole idea of, of the soap world um, is is all, it became very very fascinating to me when I got a chance to be on set. So I grew up around it. My mom and my sister watched all the CBS shows all the, the whole time I grew up. I think they watched you know like uh, Young and the Restless and Bold and the Beautiful and was it As the World Turns and Guiding Light. I think was their lineup, and it was it was every day all day, and they they loved them all. And so that was a part of of growing up with it. When I got on set, the thing I realized immediately was just how hard it is for those guys to do those shows. The actors have a mountainous task, and the directors have a huge task. Directors would love to be able to sit with the actors and and really work performance, and they do as much as they can. But the the role that we play as an acting coach on the set um, is is the guy that, that can come in and help really understand story because we're shooting... You know, an episode, episode and a half a day when we finished up. I think the last time we were on, John talked about when he was, uh, when he finished up with General Hospital, it was 170 pages a day they were shooting. And I mean, and it, it, it's outrageous to think you're getting one or two takes. And you, you know, you always hear about how, you know, bad soap opera acting sometimes. And it's some of the best actors in the world are in soap. And they have the hardest job in the world. So what we do is, and, and I learned this, I, I, I don't know if everybody's understood this yet or not, but I have to sing the praises of, of one of our other partners, John Homa. I mean, John was with General Hospital for I think it's 17, 18 years, and wow. and yeah, and and there through the thick and thin every day, getting those guys there with no praise for it, you know, because his job is to make sure, you know, those guys are ready and understand the story and can hit the ground running when they get on stage, and uh, and I mean he's the best in the world at it, and I'm happy that I got a chance to learn from him and uh, and move forward. But that—that's really what we—what we do within that. It's getting together with the guys and, and, and girls and helping them understand their story, helping them understand what's expected of them, so that when they get on set and, they, and the director blocks the scene and they can go, they can—they can do it as though it's, it's the first time they've said it in real life. But you know, it's their words, not the character's words.
1: Uh, something that you mentioned—you talked about the one take or two take—and when I was. With all my children earlier this week for their photo shoot, I had a chance to talk to Katie McLean. Of course, Uh everybody out there knows that she plays Dixie. One of the things that she told me that she was so excited about is that with Prospect Park, what she's experienced so far is that there isn't this strong push to get everything done in one take for the sake of being able to save time and money. That It seems to her that they're more interested in doing sort of as many takes as it takes to really get it right. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are, since, you know, really, as you were saying, a lot of times soaps don't even have the chance to do rehearsals like they used to.
2: Right. Well, and what it is really, and and look, with each actor, it's different. You know, some of the actors I work with are veterans who just want to really get a deeper understanding for what's there. Some people are new to the genre, and they they need to understand how to get up to speed uh, just just understanding dialogue and, and the story that goes along with it, because there's so many pages of stuff that goes with it. But you know, I think one of the things that helps them, and I I wasn't there, so I can't quote directly, but I can tell you that it going from an hour to a half hour, you're shooting less pages, so there's there's less to shoot, which allows you more time, you know, which is a good thing. Number one. Um, number two, I know just from talking to the people at Prospect Park and. And knowing, you know, people who are on set there, those guys want this stuff to be the best it can possibly be to give those fans who've been waiting two years the best show possible. And uh, and I think th- I think that those things go in hand in hand with uh, with getting more time and paying more attention to detail. Everybody on those sets, even when we were shooting 120, 130, 170 pages, like GH was, um, everybody wants to be good. Everybody wants it to be the best it can be. And uh, I think I think maybe format-wise, because they've gone to that. And I don't know how many episodes they're shooting a week right now, but if they're shooting less episodes, it means more time, and that's and that's uh, and that's always good for everybody. I mean, th- th- again, when, when you talk about pages, for those people who are listening for the first time about this type of stuff, uh, on a, on a movie set, you're shooting somewhere between two and three pages a day, and we're shooting 120 to 170, <laughs> so. You can wow. imagine why there's so much more attention to detail in a film than in daytime, and you're shooting with one camera there versus you know, four cameras in the daytime
1: setting. We're, so, I mean, we're, we like to frame things, certainly when you're hearing that movies do too, and of course they have multiple millions of dollars of, of budgets to get these done. One of the other things I'd like to do to help clarify sometimes soap fans have a tendency to let their minds run amok with things. And usually we're talking about misconceptions that mainstream has about soaps. What do you mm-hmm. think are some of the biggest misconceptions that soap fans might have about the way soaps are put together?
2: Um, that's a actually a really good question. Misconceptions about how this show is put together, like how it's shot.
1: I mean, um, anything that you may have experienced, because, you know, I think that a lot of people may be surprised to hear that there are multiple takes. They may think that, hey, right. you, know, you know your well, lines, you show up and deliver them, and I don't understand why you would need to do more than one.
2: Right. Um, well, the, the, the whole thing is this, is that. And, and we actually talked about this on, on, on uh, something else we had done before. John and I are sticklers for the fact that, that we're not delivery people, so we don't deliver lines. And, uh, and we, don't, you know, we don't just say lines. Anybody can say the words on the page. The people you fall in love with are the ones that you forget that they're acting, and, and and you fall in love with their story and their characters. I'll tell you one of the one of the best things I've seen, whether it's John and I both also work on, uh, you know, nighttime television, film. Uh, one of the best things that happens in daytime, as well as everywhere else, in my opinion, is there's a lot of genuine moments that weren't scripted. I remember there was there was a uh, there was a scene actually with uh, with with Lindsay, uh, the first one that comes to mind. Where there was a scene with her and uh, and Ricky's character, where uh, when when Lindsay's character was being, just saw Ricky's for the first time, and then uh, uh came in, and I, I'm forgetting character names at the moment. Don't kill me for that. But uh, <laughs> but the, the whole idea was she was uncomfortable around uh, Criselle's character, and she accidentally dropped a clipboard. And in, and in dropping it, it made her look more nervous than what was scripted, but she kept to it, and and this is, this is the discipline of really good actors, and Lindsay's a great actor, she kept with it. And picked it up, finished what she had to say, and left. The take was one of the best ones we had in that position because it, it was, it was a moment where she was supposed to be so uncomfortable, it would make sense that she dropped the clipboard. But the accidental pickup is, is what made it actually great.
1: See, I think that that's one of the things that fans certainly would like to know. I think that maybe, you know, with this this rash of reality television and, and other things right. that are going on, I think maybe fans have a tendency to think that everything that they see on screen, unless it's an obvious so-called blooper, must have been planned for. So that's nice right. to know.
2: Yeah, and I, you know, I mean, the, the example I like to give with that as well is, is the other parallel. You remember the movie Goodwill Hunting? Yes. Yeah, one of one of the best uh, one of the best lines in that at the end of the movie, uh, when he reads the note from Matt Damon's character and he says, Sorry, I had to go see about a girl, and he goes, He stole my line. Robin Williams actually ad libbed that because that was actually not supposed to be in there, but he saw that he used it again, and he used it, they all loved it, laughed, and kept it in as one of the best moments of that movie. So, see, that's it, it why
1: for everyone out there who's listening, those are the reasons you need to listen to this show because you really can learn the ins and outs. We try not to focus on story stuff, and that's why having someone like Doc here is, it's great to be able to hear all of these insider stuff that we otherwise would never have an opportunity to know.
2: Yeah, And I'll tell you, as far as that goes, and I'm glad you guys do that, that's a big part of what Payos is doing. Uh, our blog, which is, is what we would love people to come see on a daily basis as we continue to get more and more in there, is that we want to give an insider perspective to what's going on. And I'm, I'm really excited, uh, you know, however much time we have uh, when John and Jordy join us, you, you definitely will, will get – you have to ask John about, you know, what's coming up in his blog because he's going to share a great deal about uh, some of the great memories he's had and the behind-the-scenes stuff that went along with it and the great feel-good things that go along with the great episodes that you loved back in the day of General Hospital both long ago as well as currently.
1: Well, you're talking about new features on payosrevolution.com. There is also another blog written by someone who you had the opportunity to work with, and she is on the line because she'd like to catch up with us. I'm talking about the one and only Emma Lavery, Danielle Parker. Danielle, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hi. How are you? Hey,
0: Danielle. I'm good. How are you?
1: We are doing wonderful. So, I, I want to let everyone out there know that the two of you work together. So, Danielle, what did you? What are some of the things that you learned from Doc? I learned a
0: lot of things from Doc. Um, really a lot. Like, um, I learned how to like um define the story of the character that is. Hmm. and so that was really cool. That was a really cool thing
1: now, Doc, for you, is it easier to work with younger actors because maybe they're not set in their ways yet, or is that just something I've made up in my head?
2: No, you're actually you're onto something there. It really just depends. Um, you know, we, we deal a lot with, uh, with, with young actors as well as adults. There are adults that are set in their ways but are very disciplined in a way that they can be open to direction because a lot of what we do with, with the older people that have worked a lot is we're just helping direct. Uh, not the episode, but direct the story, um, and then and then having them as prepared as possible when it goes up. But you're right. When you have a kid uh, who has a clean slate, it's it, it's easy to get the fundamentals together because I think most actors complicate acting way more than it is. It really comes down to a strong foundation that you can then build from. So the you know the complexities of it all come from the uh, from the standard foundation. Uh, and Danielle is a really smart. Smart girl and was very open to listening. But either way, you have if you have an adult or you have a child. If they're not open to listening, you can't get through to anybody. So <laughs> it really just depends. But uh, yeah, she she's she's been great, and she was one of uh, she was one of the people I really loved working with on the show because we worked every time she had stuff, and she always listened and applied it. And when she got up there, she was ready to work, and anything the director needed, she was ready for because she thoroughly understood what she wanted to do.
1: Now, Danielle, I was looking on Twitter, and of course we follow you there on Twitter, and I found out that today was a really big day. There was a special assembly that you were a part of. Would you like to tell us what it was? Yeah,
0: um, it was my award assembly for the trimester awards because I finished a second trimester, and um, I got straight
1: A's. Straight A's. Wow, that is really,
2: <laughs> really great. Way to go, Danielle.
1: Drink. Can I tell you a secret, Danielle?
0: What?
1: Way back in the 1900s, when I was in school, I did pretty well, too. It was a long <laughs> time ago. <laughs> so, it. let me ask you, what are some of your favorite subjects in school?
0: Um, I love a lot of subjects, but I really love that. That's my favorite.
1: I love reading. Okay. Now you have a lot of time to think about this because there are so many more years of school and figuring things out. I'm just wondering, do you think that you might want to become an actor full time, or is there something else that right now has your interest that you think you might like to do when you grow up? I'd
0: love to be an actor full time, but I always have the backup plan. Aha! I love to be an idol.
1: Okay, I think that a lot of people listening could probably learn from that. It's always good to have a backup plan
2: <laughs> and I'll have to chime in and say if Danielle keeps doing what she's doing she won't need a she won't need a backup plan she is <laughs> uh she's doing a great job outside of now that she's not on the show she's been booking work for the last year and all all the different mediums and uh She's continuing moving forward in a great way. I'm really proud of her. John uh, John had the opportunity to work with uh, Kirsten Dunst back when she was uh, Danielle's age, and I heard those stories for as long as I've known John. And Danielle's the closest thing to that that I've ever met. So I'm really excited for her future.
1: Now, Danielle, we talked about these blogs that are going on on Payos Revolution. I want to find out more about your new blog and some of the things that you're going to be writing.
0: Well, my new
1: blog, I'm going to be writing about my experience set um, is um, my experience with uh, Doc. Is, yeah, that's what it to write about. Okay. Now, let me ask you, uh, Doc, when you are looking for content to put on the site, what was one of the things or one of the reasons that you reached out and decided that Danielle would be the perfect person to write a blog?
2: Well, I think that I think when it comes to the blog, what, what our entire goal is is to give people a perspective um, of what it's like for anything and everything behind the scenes. So when it comes to Danielle, you know, everyone thinks when they're a kid and 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 all the way up until you're an adult, you know, what it would be like to be on a show, and what would it be like if I grew up as a kid who did that when I was, you know, if I had the opportunity, what would it have been like? And I just I thought it was a great situation uh, for Danielle to also have a chance to say thank you to the fans because. One of the things I, 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 uh, I got so excited about hearing from her was when I, when we talked about getting on the radio show, um, I asked her what she was going to talk about. She said she, I said, I said, you go to the fan events, right? She goes, yeah, I go to all of them. And, and I said, what do you love most about them? And she said, uh, I love the fact that when I go, I see all, um, a lot of the same people and I always feel so loved. Aww. And I, I wanted everybody to be able to hear stuff like that from her. And, uh, and I wanted them to be able to hear that stuff from everyone. Uh, whether it's directors, whether it's the actors, whether it's producers, anybody and everybody we can get to, to uh, blog on there. You can only fit so much in a tweet. So we want them to be able to, in long form, say what they'd love to say and get it out there for the fans. Because, again, Payless Revolution's website is all about saying thank you to the fans.
1: Well, we're talking about love and Danielle I had a chance to chat with someone earlier who I was hoping would be able to surprise you on the show but unfortunately she is working all day on the set but Melissa Claire Egan sends a big hug to you and all of her love Aww. and says that she misses you
0: um why do you
2: I don't hear you and that's sad <laughs>
1: Well, we'll make sure that we give you that message when we uh, take to break. But one of the things, Danielle, that I learned from reading your blog is that you had to cut your hair when you were hired for All My Children. Was that was that something that you were uh, nervous to do? Because we see on TV a lot of people don't like to cut their hair.
0: It wasn't something really hard for me to do because they didn't cut it. um, When I cut my hair, they only cut it like one or two inches. So. Two inches, so it was
1: just like a small trim. One or two inches, my gosh, I don't think I would have any hair left, so your hair must have been really long to begin with. Yeah, um, I
0: have really
1: long hair. (laughs) Now, we're talking about hair. Something else that I learned, and I hear this from a lot of people, is that the most fun place to hang out when you're working on a soap is in the hair and makeup room. Why is that so fun in there? I think it's really
0: fun in the hair and makeup room. Because all the actors um all the actors get to hang out and that's why it's really fun because you just get to like chat and have fun in there.
1: Is it uh a lot of silliness that goes on in there?
0: Um, what goes on in there? We just um we do hair and makeup in there, of course. Um, and uh I always um my hairdresser always likes to do braids and stuff so <laughs> we were always talk about like different types of like, hairstyles, and it just be really fun, I guess. And I got we... to see
1: everybody, and um, we really talk about, like, what was going on in our lives. Okay. I, I guess I don't know. I mean, you, if you must have a whole lot to talk about. You're so young, but I'd imagine that there's a lot of exciting stuff that goes on. And we have someone who wants to ask you about some of your work on All My Children, a couple of callers. We're going to take them quick. First, we're going to go to North Carolina. We have a call. From Bobby. Bobby, welcome to Soap Central Live.
2: Hey, hey, Daniel. Hello. Hey. Hey, I'm on I'm, I'm on Twitter and I have followed you and you have tweeted me back. So I want to thank you first of all with that. And most of the questions I had already answered, but one question I want to ask you is: Have you kept in touch with the oh, the kids that wanted the last all my children? And and what do you will think about the new one? Do you think there be a lot of people that will come back to it? And I want to say once again, thanks for taking my call. Thank you for that
1: question, Bobby. So I guess the question is, do you get to keep in contact, Danielle, with some of the other uh, kids who were on All My Children? Um, yeah, I keep in t-
0: contact with a lot of kids. Um, I, see, uh, I see tape. I see Tate a lot.
1: And what about some of the non-kids, the uh, folks who are a little bit older, like Melissa and uh, maybe Stephanie? Do you keep in contact with them as well?
0: Yeah, I keep in contact with Stephanie a lot. We um, saw each other like a month ago, and we had a dinner.
1: That sounds like fun. Yeah,
0: it
1: was. Well, we were talking. Doc was mentioning that you've been very busy uh, outside after All My Children Has Left. What are some of the things that you've been working on that you can tell us about?
0: Well, um, I have a movie coming out this year. It's called Valiant. It's a sci-fi action adventure. And um, I did that, and um, it's coming out this year, and I played the Danish princess.
1: A
2: princess.
0: I and I did CSM Miami, and I did an episode of that where I was a passion girl. And I did um, Don't Trust Be in Apartment 23, and I also did uh, it's always really sunny in Philadelphia.
1: We like that because I live in Philadelphia, and it is not always sunny here, if you can believe it. In <laughs> fact, it was raining earlier today.
0: <laughs> and I also did um, a couple of Hallmark movies too. And I saw and I did both of them with Natalie. Well, Natalie Call. She was. was um, yeah,
1: she was Colby. Yeah. So let me ask you this before because I know that you probably have stuff to do but I want to ask with all of these movies and TV projects and in school how do you get everything done in your day it seems like you're very 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 busy
0: Um how do I get everything done I guess I just like um I trying to have a schedule cuz I have to get pick- I get picked up early sometimes from school so and I guess sometimes I just, like, we just get things
1: done. That's a good thing. <laughs> and you're you're doing all that other stuff, and you're still getting straight A's. I think that that's amazing. Thank you. Well, Danielle, I want to thank you for making some time to catch up with us. And hopefully, when you've got other stuff and you have other blog entries, maybe we can get you back on here to talk about all of the other stuff that you're up to.
0: Definitely. I love about
1: that. That'd be great. Thank you, Danielle.
0: Okay, bye. Bye, bye Danielle. Bye,
1: Doc. Bye. It's, I mean, Doc, listening to uh, stories that we hear in the news and, you know, there are a lot of kids who have been in the entertainment industry that they haven't necessarily handled it well. What are some of the pressures that you've experienced, I mean, to get these, the kids to be able to still kids and not forget you know all of the things that are important in the fact of, of growing up outside of the entertainment industry
2: Well, the important thing in that more than anything is good parents if you have a good parent that keeps the kid in a solid base and then you surround that kid with people who actually care about them uh, they, they have a better shot of making it It's a very difficult it's a difficult world for adults you know there's so much there's so much demand on you there's so much of uh, non-reality, you know, where you're, you're uh, as a kid you walk onto a set and you only have so much time, so kids are, are are treated really well to try to get the best out of them to go and and they get a false sense of reality where everything they do is funny, everything they do is great, and uh, it takes the parent to make sure they maintain, you know, that sense of reality and and you know it's it, it's it's not an easy process even with good parents because you're also in an adult world the whole time, and you're surrounded by people who are sometimes very comfortable with kids, sometimes not, and uh, and because you have a limited amount of time also, when a kid's not doing their job well and you're co- it's costing you time, things get anxious in a hurry. So, you know, having a kid like Danielle who's really smart uh, is, is, is obviously a good start, and she has a great, great set of parents um, who who always keep her centered and focused and keep her, you know, keep her life real, too. She plays soccer. She goes to school, um, you know, and she plays with her friends, and, and, she, and she maintains that as, as much as possible while still, you know, getting into that uh, acting world. And, you know, again, I mean, I've, I've sung John's praises a lot more than saying today, and, I, and I'll do it again with this. I, She's lucky to have someone who cares about kids in me the same way I learned how John worked with kids is what he did. You know, it, 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 you really have to take care of them and make it fun, but let them understand their job. And if you do that, you, you can you can do a lot of great things with them.
1: I have to say, I liked her answer. Uh, you know, it, it's funny that at her age, doing all of those things, it just seems natural. She said, "I just yeah, get it done."
2: So yeah, and, I don't know. It, it, it's all she knows. You know, when I was a kid, I played sports. You know, I played all the sports, and I and I went from school to basketball practice. After basketball practice, came home, did my homework, went to bed. The next day, did same thing. And then when it was football season, or baseball season, or soccer, you know, it. All that stuff, you know, kids, kids are resilient and they can do, they can do so much. I think what happens very often is kids are discounted. Kids are really smart. You just have to give them the information that we have and teach them the right, you know, the right way to go about things and give them the right foundation and they can accomplish great things. It's amazing.
1: Well, you were mentioning that everyone probably has some experience working with the younger actors when they're on the soaps. And John Homa is on the line. And of course, I'm sure in his 18 years with GH, he probably has a lot of stories he can share. So let's bring on John. John, welcome back to Soap Central Live. I know he's there waiting for oh, us. Oh, hi. Right? Oh, I thought <laughs> you took a break. I'm
3: sorry, Dan. How you doing?
1: That's okay. I'm hey, good. Don. How are you?
3: <laughs> hey, Doc. How are you? Yes. Good. good job. Oh.
1: So oh, we talked you. about, uh, you know, that there are some challenges that are presented when working with younger performers. And when you think of GH, you think of a lot of actors who started young. I'm thinking of uh, Kimberly McCullough, uh, Jonathan Jackson was there. Do you have any particular stories that you'd be willing to share with us about working with some of the younger folks on GH?
3: What I loved, um, well, first of all, about General Hospital, and when, well, Kimberly McCullough is the reason that I was there to begin with. Um, and what I, what kind of tipped the scale for me as far as going over to there, which I was not, you know, it's not really the place I thought I wanted to be. I had just come back from, uh, London. I just came back from, uh, Interview with the Vampire and, uh, working with Kirsten. I had been working with kids, but in more or less A-list movies, um, you know, Vampire, then we went to Little Women, and then, uh, although when they are uh, The Brittany Murphy, Daniel Harris, we did the last, uh, the last Boy Scout with Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans. And I mean, it it was some pretty cool stuff to be doing. And I got back and got a phone call from Mark Teshner and Wendy Rich. And, uh, Mark I knew, uh, from New York and he found out that I was, you know, teaching and, um, asked me to come over because we're interested in bringing a young actor more now into an adult world. And that was Kimberly. And she had been on the show for so long and I was really impressed with, them because ordinarily you'll just send you know a kid off to camp someplace and they come back you know and all of a sudden they're you know 10 years older um <laughs> right you know and that that kind of was just the accepted rule you know with daytime um but you know they really wanted to bring her up and and Uh, have me work with her in a way that she could just flow now into the more adult storylines that then eventually led us into the big one uh, with us and and Michael Sutton, which uh, we'll definitely be blogging about. And that was a Stone Cates, you know, uh, HIV, eventual AIDS, and death storyline. And the dedication they have of me coming in and trying to make sense out of. The daytime world after uh, what Doc told you about, I mean, you we're doing one scene for a week, you know, in, in movies uh, sometimes, uh, depending upon the scene. And you have that kind of time, and you have the money to do it, and there just isn't that. And daytime scripts lay out much differently than movie scripts do. And I'm used to stage direction being the thing that is my map, because that tells you the story. And then the dialogue comes in and with daytime, I'm opening up daytime scripts, and it's all dialogue, and very little stage direction. Um, And the stage direction that was there was mainly about how a person feels, or, you know, the look on their face. And Mm -hmm. I tried to lay down my own schematic on that so I could write my own stage direction, basically. And that way, give that to the younger actor. And it's amazing to me, and listening to Doc before, um, how smart these guys are. I don't think adults really understand uh, to a great extent. And, you know, the old school you know, guys in my family, you know, kids are seen, not heard. But you have to hear them. You have to talk to them and talk to them and talk with them because they have a lot to say and they're extremely bright, given half a chance. So my feeling was if I could get into a younger actor's head a concept that was in mine using vocabulary or situations that they understand, they'll be able to grasp it. And basically, my big intent was to be able to allow them to coach themselves, that there's not a dependency, you know, on me, on that set. And uh, I certainly learned a lot of that with Kirsten uh, Dunst coming up. Uh, and again, going back to Julie Berman, Kirsten Storms, they were in my class when they were like 8 and 10 years old. I mean, we go back that far. Uh, but, yeah, just laying it out and getting these guys to truly understand, and I think... Kids too. Now, Kimberly obviously was, you know, she was older. She was 16. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, about that. But, I mean, the younger guys, I think there's a true appreciation on their side of it for an adult that actually listens. That, that sits down and actually listens. And the one thing I tried never to do with these guys was tell them how to say a line. Hmm. You get them to understand what it is they want in this scene and you understand you create that struggle in that scene about what, you know, is basically standing in their way from getting what they want, but they have the, under, the the idea and then the emotional point of view and perspective on it, they'll go in and pursue it their way. And what comes out of their mouth, then we get that reality. And you don't get that sing-songy acting that you used to You know, when you go to a kid's play in elementary school, you know, where everybody kind of sounds the same because I think, and no fault to teachers, but, you know, they're in there, memorize your lines, and come in and say them, and then it's kind of like, say them like this, and the memorization process is one of the things that uh, actually really was a hindrance to me when I first started working with kids, because parents, too, have learned that way. We all learn the memorization process the same way mm-hmm. going to school, so you're pushing it down to the kids. Now, the kids, their main objective a lot of times is just to memorize the line, and then say it back. The problem is they don't understand the story. They don't understand what it is they're actually saying. So if one word drops, everything goes. They no longer know where they're going, and they can't replace it with what would make sense to them. But if you understand story and you understand where you're going, you'll always be able to get there. You may replace it with a word that means the same thing, but in daytime a lot of times you know, we'll go with it. It ends up being probably a more real moment.
1: That That's a sense. good point. I'm actually thinking I was in a kindergarten play where I was a zookeeper that I hope never shows up on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you're exactly right. You know, you, you memorize it and and you go from there and you walk from point A to point B. And it's nice to be able to hear this stuff that, that you and Doc are are sharing because again, there are things that SOAP fans may never really have an opportunity to think about, or it just may never have crossed their minds. So Let's talk about the blog that you'll be writing. I'm imagining then that all of these great little nuggets and pearls of wisdom are going to be things that you're sharing in the blog. So what there's can you tell us about the new a, blog? There's
3: going to be great stuff in there. I mean, uh, working through this now, I mean, I'm, I'm probably still not even through the first year and a half. Oh, and wow. the big, you know, the, those just big moments on set, the ones that, you know, when you, when you can leave a crew in tears – you know, you're doing your job. Because these guys are there day in, day out, you know, kind of working the same stuff. But all of a sudden something happens on set and they're affected by it. Um some of the things, well, obviously the, the Stone Cates storyline, uh, which very much brought us, uh, brought us all together. um... from Wendy, Rich, uh, Maurice, Steve, Michael Sutton, Kimberly, Vanessa Marcel, I mean all these guys, man they just so we bonded really over that moving down the line to other great storylines i mean when lucky quote unquote dies in the fire and talk about i mean an actor johnny jackson i mean this kid he was just i took one look at him he's just gifted and the intelligence of it, uh... of these guys too. And again, give me brains. I'll find talent. You know, you come with talent with brains. You can be a one hit wonder. But Johnny was just a thinker. But the relationship that Johnny Jackson. And Tony Geary, you know, as, as Luke and Lucky was amazing. And some of the things that, you know, that I got to witness there, uh, you know, they'll stay with me forever. Going down the line with, uh, you know, Vanessa and Maurice as, as Sonny and Brenda, which was one of those things, (laughs) you know, you had to be there to believe it because, uh, the intensity that those two guys brought to whatever they did. And then going down again, with uh with Burton with Steve who I absolutely love. I mean, we my son was actually the ring bearer in his wedding. Um then there's a guy that wouldn't let me leave for a weekend without asking me questions that I would otherwise, you know, he wanted to write down every question that I'd ask him so he could ask himself in the event that I wasn't there. But uh the Robin um you know the Robin Jason storyline after that it's just there's so many stories as we go down. I mean, it, it, I'm racking my brain too. And then when we have, you know, Laura and, uh, you know, what happens with her and then the institutionalization of it and, oh my God, uh, <laughs> there's so many of them. You know, I had the whole <laughs> thing written down. You talked <laughs> about 17 and a half years, man. And it was, it was intense and it was fun and funny. And I mean, heartwarming. You're crying. And that's the other thing too. You know, some of these scenes that we do, if you took that out and put it in a movie, you would get an actor that would die to do a scene like this. And I think it very much gets discounted when we're, because it's what we have to do day in and day out with, you know, this medium.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh you, you, you tend to get maybe a little saturated, so therefore people, you know, take it for granted, oh, it's soap opera. Yeah, you try it. You come in and do it, um, and and I told you I think the last time I talked to you, Dan, you know, working on a movie in New York, talking to Alec Baldwin, I mean, because that's where he started, and it was like, you got to be crazy, you have to be yeah. crazy, to do it. I mean, the the volume is so overwhelming, and I mean, in, back in the day uh, where we could do take after take. You know, until we got the thing we wanted just disappeared. And then it's like, man, you gotta rehearse. You gotta hit the ground running as much as you possibly can. But those, oh god, and here, okay, other ones. There you have, you know, AJ and, and Jason. And, you know, the kidnapping of Michael. But just moments I remember, I mean, scenes will stick in my head forever. Jason having to tell, uh, Sam that the baby's, the baby died. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a guy. Yeah, I, I, look, I grew up playing like you know Pennsylvania football. I was a middleweight. Uh, I mean, I'm a guy, and I'm sitting there, you know, holding my breath because I'm thinking I'm going to go like, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, wreck the freaking take. Um, and working with guys like Burton because Burton's a guy, and those guys that, you know, these are these are tough guys too, legit. I mean, Maurice legit tough guy. And their ability to be that vulnerable is amazing. And I actually once said to somebody, you know, you're a tough guy, right? He was like, yeah. I said, are you tough enough to cry? Hmm. And he was like, whoa, nobody ever put it to me like that. Cause you end up, you grow up posturing, you know, trying to like look a certain way for, but I thinking, well, is that a tough guy? Then, boy, <laughs> you get the, the, then you get, when Carly came in, mother, I mean, first of all, what a role to get to play. And watching those scenes and the transitions from actor to actor, you know, from Sarah to Tamara, then to Laura Wright, and all all terrific, Laura Wright, I mean, that girl, seriously, I'm walking across a set, I'm not involved necessarily with that scene, I will stop and watch she makes you watch and she makes it look easy and that's what I think doc was talking about before too people don't understand boy i mean what goes into it and to be able to make it look easy when it is ferociously difficult to be on that set doing that amount of work every day but laura also some of the scenes when they were caught in the um oh the train wreck i mean that girl will drag her butt down miles of hard road <laughs>
0: well, and you let's... will never
3: hear a peep out of her and now those kinds of things when you see people committing to you know, and you're on a set and there's nothing real about it you know, when you're standing there looking at it but there and even less so than on a movie set but go back to a movie like Jumanji all the stuff that they were running from and running into prehistoric lions, you know, rhinoceri, and none of that's there. That gets added in post. Yeah. You know, it's usually, you know, some old dude, you know, holding a stick with a, you know, little button at the end of it that says, you know, rhinoceros, and <laughs> uh, to give you an eye line. And those guys are making you believe it's there. And to, then again, movies where you're shooting for three, four months, five months, now all of a sudden, you're there. You are on set when you have to do it this afternoon, and you got to do ten scenes. W- looking at stuff that's not there today. Not we don't get to carry over till tomorrow. It, it gets to a point that we're moving on, you know. And uh, but there yeah, there's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of stories as we go through the years, and you know, just great, you know, just going to the Emmys, um, what the what the cast did for me. Um, that one point before I became, you know, uh, a contract uh, uh, person, um, you know, when I was contracted
0: mm-hmm. between
3: G.H. and Port Charles. Um, and Port Charles, a whole other story. Um, <laughs> but what those actors did for me. And there was a point where, again, I didn't even know how to get off the stage at Radio City without going backstage because we won every year. And you also knew one year we didn't, and I was like, "Get out of here!" (laughs) No idea. I mean, the stuff. And then again, my first taste of fans. Mother, what? uh, McCullough and me. We had to be surrounded by six or seven New York cops to get from Radio City to the hotel, and they're just they pour out at you, and you know it's, it's scary. But the passion of these guys and and what those you know like what my grandmother used to call her stories, what those stories mean to these guys, and you know their day to day commitment you know to us and that brings us right back to Paos again their day to day commitment to us it 's just got to be rewarded, you know it has to be, and uh, again, I think that gets discounted, but man uh. Again, I have I have boxes and boxes and boxes of you know scripted material and going through it to jog my memory because I mean seventeen you know seventeen almost eighteen years on that show is a long time and there's shows you almost forget about um, but the Michael stuff the Michael and Jody stuff which I thought was really cool. Well,
1: because, let me you're you're talking but, about a lot of these performers. I want to make sure that we have a point. Uh, To to talk about this, you know, we're talking about Laura Wright, Maurice Bernard. For a lot of fans, their ideal fantasy would to be to have the opportunity to spend time with them. And because we're getting ready for something that you're doing on Kickstarter, I want to talk more about Perfect Day. What can you tell me about that?
3: Oh God, Perfect Day. Well, um, you know, Doc and being hugely creative, we're trying to come up with a uh, you know concept of you know where can you payback. You know, what scenario can we present? And again, I work with, you know, a lot of great actors and performers outside of daytime, too. So I'm kind of exposed on a lot of levels, you know, to the TMZ of the world. Hmm. And just to me, how awful it is. I mean, it's just people waiting around to take advantage of a person that's actually accomplished something yeah you know and and your claim to fame is you have nothing else to do you know but sit around a restaurant waiting for somebody to walk in and not be able to get a seat you know and that somehow is newsworthy or you know just creeping into people's lives you know it's like the, the, the stuff on the you know the the front of the magazines you know a circle around somebody's dried skin on their heel you know and then you know who does that heel belong to it's just, it's just ugly stuff, man. So, the thought of perfect day to be able to create a situation where you have a star, and they choose the venue, they have a city, and then be able to bring a fan in to share that day, to, it's like start to finish. What is your perfect day in this city? And we will be branching out. I mean, we'll, we're not going to contain this just a daytime.
1: Okay, so we are having a little bit of a a glitch there. We're going to try to get everybody back. But before we bring on Jordy when he calls back, what I'm going to do is remind everybody that All My Children in One Life to Live are coming back. And I had the opportunity earlier this week to be invited to the first official photo shoot for All My Children in One Life to Live. And there was so much going on behind the scenes. We had the chance to meet the entire cast for the shows when they relaunch. And I want to tell you that everyone there is so excited to be back. And it's not just a matter of being back at work, where certainly everybody's glad to have a job again. But, you know, it was much more than that. And hopefully we'll be able to get Jordy back so I can get his take on that. But for me, what I found in talking to every single person who was a part of that photo shoot was how much affection, how much gratitude they have to everyone out there who has supported All My Children, who has supported One Life to Live for their entire runs, and who wanted to see these shows come back on the air. Of course, everyone is still asking for details. When can I see it? Where can I see it? They're going to be available on Hulu and other places as well. We don't know the exact date yet, so you're going to need to Sort of stand by and be patient, and as soon as we get the first bit of information, we will tell you exactly on what day they are coming back. I'm being told that we may have them back here.
2: Hey. We've got everybody back there. Great. Welcome back. We're back. I don't know. Did you lose us both at the same time? Am I I on? Everybody.
4: Jordy, you are on. Hey. What's going on, guys? Good. How are you? I'm I'm well. How's Connecticut? Connecticut's cold, cold. Oh, really? <laughs> cold, but it's but it's nice. Uh, so it's been uh, it's been a great experience. Everybody. Well, we were
3: just we were just at uh, we got kind of dropped, uh, but happy to be back. Uh, but we we're just at the pretty much at the end of me talking about like what we want to do as far as perfect day and the payback and the sharing of a, like extremely special event and being able to also then shine a light on. A cause, a charity, you know, that's close to, um, that person, and, uh, hopefully raise a lot of money for those guys. And, uh, you know, pay back.
2: Definitely. And if I could add one thing, because I know everyone's going to want to hear from Jordy, uh, just one thing we want to make sure everybody knows is we definitely do need your support. We need as many people that are listening to this to, to come to our Kickstarter page and like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter so we can continue doing all the stuff Absolutely. that we've been doing that everybody's enjoying. Cause We've got to get. We've got like somewhere around I think 1,600 followers on Facebook. There's so many more people out there that I know are listening to us and want to and want to see what we have. So please let us know you're out there by liking our Facebook Facebook page. And uh, and when we get the Kickstarter going, please go there and whatever you can help contribute to getting this done. Please do because we're gonna we're gonna need uh, all your support to get this thing going and be able to do it the way we want to with all of what John was saying as a real payback to the fans. Rather than having to go somewhere else to get it financed, to shoot it where someone else might want to put their hands in it, yep. and make it what it's not, which is, you know, a regular reality show. It's a feel-good reality show, it's not gonna play on the negativity, it's gonna play on the positive, and uh, we want, we want that to be exactly the way the fans deserve it to be, so please support that.
3: Oh, and, and, and I'm we sorry, will doc. make sure, Dan. Dan, one thing yes. before, because Kristen Day, who's been unfreaking believable, uh, for us, uh, she'll kill me if I forget to say this. If fans out there have specific questions, storylines, things that they would like some insight to over those years that I've spent on GH, please go to our page, go to our Facebook page. Start asking questions, and we'll try to incorporate that as much as we can into the blog.
1: And we will make sure that we pass along all of the information so you know where to go to get that on our page at SoapCentral.com and certainly on our Twitter feed. Now, Jordy, it was great
4: to see you earlier this great week. Great to see you, too, Dan. Absolutely. it was. Uh, man, I felt like I was like a kid in a candy store. That was quite a mansion. It was like it
1: amazing. Was. Amazing. Now like before the we...
4: fair photo shoot, I felt like it wasn't <laughs> was... experienced in the soap realm. So Unlike
1: much. anything. Now something that I was mentioning before we had the the phone glitches there was I was saying that journey to me this was such a celebratory atmosphere. It wasn't just a bunch of people who were saying, Yay, we've got a job again. It was so far above and beyond that feeling to me, what, what was your feeling on that photo shoot? It just, it
4: It starts at the top and I really have to tip my hat and be, and be very thankful and appreciative of Jeff, Jeff's work, Prospect Park's work, Rich Frank's work. It's just been across the board. We've been treated like I've never been treated before on, on a soap set. It's just, it's, there's, there's graciousness. There's, uh, there's a complete lack of very accessible, you know, people in production, and it's just been like, it's been a very cohesive effort on everybody's part, which just makes people happy to be there, and, you know, it's 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 different. It's, it's different. Um, going to work has been very interesting. It's five years later, um, as everybody knows. I, I don't think I'm spoiling that. I think everybody's kind of gotten that information, but... Um, you know, things have changed. Uh, the The relationships have changed, but you know, going back to work, it, it, it kind of felt like it, I don't know. It was like a different space, but it was still that same group of people that were there for all the right reasons. And uh I'm just very happy to be there. It's it's very exciting. Trying to do with with all my children now.
1: And I know that we only have about two minutes before we have to, to wrap it up here. It just seems like everybody at Prospect Park, everybody at All My Children, they're just going hard to make sure that this is the best that anyone has ever seen.
4: Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's going to be what it's going to be. Uh, I think we were talking about kind of where, you know, the Internet's like this Wild West, and nobody knows what it's going to do, but everybody knows that so for the first kind of piece of broadcast media to leave radio to TV and now TV is going to the internet. And I think that to be part of something that's as revolutionary, if I can make a full circle with Tao's revolution, just uh, <laughs> is kind of something that I'm just very blessed to be part of. And, you know, with social media now, the actors, production fans, everybody can kind of I don't know. It's going to be a different kind of world in terms of the audience and, and uh, star interaction. I mean, it is with with Twitter and and Facebook, but I think that Peos can really provide something that uh, that's going to be great for the fans as well. And, and I, I just I'm excited to be part of it. I'm excited for Peos Revolution. I'm excited to to be promoting the show. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm excited. I'm actually uh, really pumped about the whole thing.
1: I said this the last time that you guys were here, we could easily fill a a double edition of the show or more, so I'm going to extend the invitation again that anytime you guys want to come back and chat, there's an open door. Just let me
4: know, and we'll make it happen. And Dan, we got to get together in New York. I'm actually at the – I just got off the set. I, I was able to book a flight. I'm actually taking off to Florida to see my baby. I'm coming back to Connecticut on Monday. Uh, but i got a couple of days off, so I'm actually leaving. But when I get back, I would love to see you in New York get together. We we'll
1: make that happen. And, Dan, of course, everybody out there,
4: if Dan, you miss Dan, we got to talk
3: any... about Philly because uh, my <laughs> wife's a Philly girl. <laughs>
1: We will definitely do that as well. We'll make a whole a whole hour to talk about Philadelphia, if you cool. want, But we're going to make another hour next week to talk to General Hospital's Jackie Zeman. Yeah, oh, she cool. and I will be doing our on-air birthday celebration for the fourth year in a row. That's Friday, March 8th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. If you want more information about Payos Revolution, you can go to payosrevolution.com. If you missed any of the information or links, follow us at Soap Central Live on Twitter or visit us at soapcentral.com slash radio. And again, don't worry or if you missed anything in today's show, because it's available on our official show page, just head over to SoapCentral.com. You can listen to every episode we've ever done for free. It's the best part about it. It's entirely free. So join us again next week, next Friday, with our birthday celebration when the continuing saga of Soap Central Live comes back to you. Until then, everybody, have a great weekend.